When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, I'm producer Ben, and today we'll be picking up where Craig left off in yesterday's Manly Musings. So without further ado, here is Master Craig with part two of this week's Manly Musings. Hey there, everybody. This is Craig Cottle, director of Nature Blind School, super cool co-host of the Survival Show podcast for another day dig into manly musings this is part two of situational awareness so if you haven't listened to part one go back and listen to part one this is part two part two part two of situational awareness Uh, you'll you'll understand why i'm digging into this topic maybe i talk about this too much but until the whole world listens to me on this i'm going to keep talking about it on occasion just because it's always good for a refresher for both myself and you as the listener for us to dig into these topics and remind ourselves that this is probably one of the most vital things that we can do for situational awareness. I mean, I'm one of the best things that we can do for survival is to have enhanced situational awareness and paying attention to what's going on around us. So as I told you in part one, there's a uh, several reasons why I've got into this topic this week, several different altercations throughout the country and, and including an incident that happened near to me, not an altercation, but another incident and I told you we dig into the OODA loop and what I refer to as paralysis by analysis and then uh, a few other things that we're going to get into today to help you expand your situational awareness. Now, the OODA loop, you may or may not have heard of this. This is a real common uh, um, thing to discuss when it comes to particularly law enforcement, but uh, military as well. And I, I think it's an, a great way for an average ordinary citizen to understand what our situational awareness should be. And that OODA loop is basically observe, orient, decide, and act. Okay, If we understand that we as humans need to go through that process before we do something, then we can both disrupt that process and others who are trying to bring aggression towards us, as well as prepare ourselves in practice to have a shorter gap between the front and the end of observe, orient, decide, and act. Okay, so basically the OODA loop is this, is that if somebody, let's say I have an aggressor that is coming towards me, they're going to have to observe me. They're going to have to orient their body to me to be able to bring aggression towards me. And that could be up close, hand-to-hand, or that could be from a distance with a, with a firearm. They're going to have to decide to bring harm to me, and then they're going to have to act. Okay, so anything that we can do to disrupt that situation, that OODA loop is going to be beneficial to us to keep somebody from harming us. Okay, what I mean by that is that any point in that OODA loop, you can stop it. For example, let's use this same example where somebody is 15 feet from me and they've got a firearm and they've brought it out. They're bringing it up. They're about to decide to shoot me and then they actually pull the trigger towards me. If I can get in the middle of that, for example, if I can get my firearm up faster and bring shots onto them or even close to them, then I'm going to be able to disrupt their OODA loop. And when I say close to them, I'm saying 
from a military perspective, one of the things that you might do to help keep somebody's head down is just lob rounds in their direction, right? And that disrupts their ability to just stand up and bring fire down on you. Now, in a civilian setting, you don't want to ever consider just throwing lead in a direction, just hoping something's going to hit. You want to know what your target is because there's too much beyond it that could bring harm to somebody. So if you're just throwing lead at somebody, then you're going to be in a situation where um, you could very easily hurt somebody that you do not intend on hurting. The same is true for a bad guy. They very likely are just going to throw lead because they don't care, right? And so again, once they've acted on that, you're going to have to do something to disrupt them. And you're going to have to do it in the middle of your OODA loop while they are in the process process of disrupting it. That, that's, a, that's a chess match right there, and that's a difficult one in that you need to do something where you put your under, yourself under stressful conditions and perform the actions that you need to do to be able to, to defend yourself. Now, this story, I told you yesterday, if you were listening in, that I'd tell you a story about lemonade. And this is how the story goes. I, was, I used to work for a relative of mine in construction. This was a long time ago, but I really enjoyed that work. Uh, I, I, I love working with my hands and getting things done. And I love having, all right, man, we got to take all the windows out of this house and put, put new windows in. And then when you get done, you got a beautiful house with beautiful windows that all work and all that kind of stuff. It was very satisfying work. But one day we were in a busy area next to our local high school here in my hometown in Kentucky. And as we were taking a break, uh, we were, I was standing by the sidewalk of this house in the shade of this tree. And I looked down the sidewalk and here comes this young man and young woman, high school age. And the young man was being very verbally abusive towards the young lady. And it, it was become as I could tell that before I could ever hear them, but the closer they got, I could tell this is going to get aggressive at some point to the point of physical abuse. And so in this situation, there's not much I can do. Right. There's not much even law enforcement can do is say, just stop that. I mean, he hasn't broken any laws at this point. But one of the things that happened in this particular situation is I was standing there and just staring a hole through this dude. OK, just staring at him. And so as he got closer, he looks at me and goes, typical, right? He goes, what's up, old man? You got a problem? And I was like, no, I don't have a problem at all, man. I've, I'm just sitting there drinking in this pink lemonade we've been putting windows in this lady's house right here and she fed us a big huge lunch and i had to use the bathroom like three times and every time we even take the smallest of breaks i have to she just comes up and puts pink lemonade in her hands and we're drinking pink lemonade do you like pink lemonade i love pink lemonade do you like yellow lemonade or pink lemonade better i mean i, I just love pink lemonade it's really good and, and i've drank probably two gallons of that stuff today and it's just every time i mean it seems like every time that i'm going in the bushes to pee i've used the pee bathroom in her house i've done any number of things and you get the point. So I keep doing this and talking to this guy. And eventually what happens is that he literally put his arm around his girlfriend to protect her from me because he thought I was a tad bit touched. Now I could have went hands on with the kid, put a pile driver on him, knocked him around a little bit, slapped him around, that kind of stuff. Probably went straight to jail for that and probably deservedly. So I would have went to jail for that. But what I tried to utilize was my ability to converse with him to take him completely out of his OODA loop because as he was walking up the sidewalk, he was in the process. He had already observed the girl. He had already oriented his body. 
he was in the process of deciding, in my opinion, he was in the process of deciding if he was going to be physically abusive and then he was going to act upon it. And basically I got up in the middle of that OODA loop of his and stopped him from doing that. Never had to touch him, stopped the OODA loop. And then we were in a much better position where, where uh, we could stop what was happening without any physical confrontation. So that's an example of the OODA loop and how you can disrupt it and utilize it for your benefit. So one of the other things that I mentioned yesterday was a special forces instructor of mine. His name's John Hurth. He runs Tier Group. That's T-Y-R Group. Uh, he, he, I took a man tracking class from him. He's an excellent instructor. And one of the things that he impressed upon me in that training, I've taken, uh, I mentioned, or I did a podcast recently on man tracking and visual man tracking in particular, and talked about several of the instructors I've had. Man, I've had some fantastic instructors when it comes to tracking, which is basically just enhanced situational awareness, which the same topics come up there that come up here. But one of the things that uh, Mr. Hurth impressed upon me in that class was this idea of paralysis by analysis. And so one of the things that you'll often do in a man tracking class is you'll create what's referred to as a track trap or a track pit or spore pit or any number of different names. It's all the same. But basically it's an area where you clear off most of the hard physical debris and you leave soft medium like sand or dirt or something that captures tracks easily. And then you put people through it and and you, sometimes you put one, sometimes you put a dozen people through it or, or any number in between. And then the people that are in class look at the tracks in the pit and try to determine what's happening. Okay, this is a common action. Every school, I've been to, I think, four different man tracking schools now, and all four of them do this in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With that said, one of the things that he said that really stuck with me was this idea of paralysis by analysis. And one of the things that he told us to do was to get to 70% accuracy and then move on it. Because if you spend a great deal of time trying to get 100% accurate on a situation or even a man track or something of that nature then you just get hung up. You just, you're stuck right there because it's going to be nearly impossible to get everything that you need. And so you take the information that you have, you develop an action plan based upon that intelligence or that investigation, and then you move forward on it. Now, how do we apply that in our daily lives as regular, average, ordinary citizens? If we're walking down, and this goes back to some of the events that I discussed in part one. So again, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that. So we're walking down Disneyland, some road or 
path again. I've never been there, so I don't know what it looks like. And you see people that are posturing up. They're in each other's face. Their uh, voices are increasing. You don't know 100% that they're getting ready to fight, but you're probably 70% sure they're getting ready to fight. Then you need to change what the heck you're doing and go somewhere else. Okay, that's what I mean by paralysis by analysis. We could sit and watch that play out and watch the whole fight and see what happens and then remove ourselves. But in a situation where we could be in danger because we're in proximity to that fight, maybe there's even firearms involved, then we need to remove ourselves. And, and when we can, when 70% accurate, we need to remove ourselves. We don't have to wait till we're 95% confident there's getting ready to be a fight. One of the ways that we can do this is what's referred to as a color code of awareness or alertness, if you will. And so basically what happens is there's there's four main colors in this color code of awareness. There's been some additional aspects of this called the six levels. And I'll talk about all six, but the four are the ones that are most important to us. So what happens in most of our society is that most of us walk around daily in code white. Code white is where we are, where we're not paying attention to our surroundings. We have no idea if somebody's pulled up next to us in a, in a, um, at a stoplight. We have no idea who's walking towards us or behind us in a grocery store. We just simply don't know what's going on in our surroundings. That's most of the people that we uh, interact with on a daily basis. Yellow is what's referred to as relaxed alert. You are paying attention, but you're still relaxed. It's not like your heart rate is up, you've had an adrenaline dump and all the things that go along with it, but you are paying attention to what's going around around you. On occasion in the grocery store, you'll turn around, look, see what's going on behind you. If you hear something, you don't normalize and go, oh, that's just somebody just pushing their bug out behind me. You turn, look, greet them. Hey, what's up? How you doing? And then you know what's going up behind you. Okay. That is yellow. Orange is where you see a possible threat or an issue. And red is where there is a verified threat. So that's the four main pieces of the color code of alertness or awareness. White, yellow, orange, and red. So our typical day, we should be, to have good situational awareness, should be walking around in code yellow. That's where you should be, that relaxed alert state all the time. Now, to take it further, and, you know, sometimes I think simple is better, and then other times it's maybe worth our consideration to dig a little deeper. There's a couple other situations where uh, beyond red, there's a verified threat in what's called code gray, where there is a loss of motor skills. Basically, when you have a huge adrenaline dump and heaping amounts of stress, you lose fine motor skills, which means you can't manipulate your fingers for example, you can't get your keys out and stick them or push the key fob and hit the right button. That's difficult. Uh, you start to lose fine motor skills. Uh, black goes beyond there where there's a catastrophic breakdown where you completely go into the basically the fetal position and give up. You're done. And so the way we can combat this code gray and code black is to train for it, which means puts ourself, put ourselves under stress and, and do fine motor skills under stress and then learn how to to handle all these things and recognize them when they're happening so that we can start to make adjustments. Now, as far as managing stress, the things that cause us to go into to, uh, gray and black, there's several ways that we can manage this stress. The first one that is vital important is to just simply breathe. 
when I say that, you know, one of the things, several of the, and I had a great opportunity to train was fantastic uh, firearms instruction. One of the things that they'll often teach you to do, not all of them, but often teach you to do is you, you, you get told there's a threat or a fight or whatever it is. You, I've had different instructors say a different way. It's on <laughs> any number of different ways. You present your firearm, you get on target, and then you breathe and then you fire. That helps you learn how to de-stress because what happens when we get under stress, we hold our breath. And when we're holding our breath, we're not getting oxygen to our bloodstream, which means our muscles are not getting nourished, which means we're losing fine motor skill and on and on and on. Okay. So that's way number one that we can mitigate some of this stress. Number two is to meditate, you know, and there's two variations of this in my perspective is meditation and prayer. One of the things that you can do is just simply go somewhere where you don't have a lot of outside um, problems that are bringing or taking your attention away from what you're doing, people talking to you, music, loud traffic, any number of things, and just simply sit and relax and breathe. That's meditation at its finest. You don't have to, and, and I'm not saying meditation from the perspective of a religious context. I'm just saying just get somewhere and breathe and relax and help get the oxygen rich or the oxygen into your bloodstream so you have oxygen-rich blood, which does nourish your muscles, which does allow you to have gross motor skills, and then, and then you can continue what you're doing. Prayer definitely is a religious consideration. And for those that do have some sort of religious affiliation, prayer, obviously, without a doubt, for them has, and me, has a way of helping bring order and helps relieve us of some stress. If we can put that stress off on to God, for example, and ask for help with it, or if we put that off into uh, just getting it off of our mind so that we're talking about it in a prayer situation, then then that is incredibly beneficial as well. And seeking help through prayer. Sometimes seeking help through prayer, um, those that believe in God will find help from God. Others will just speak about that, and at least it'll bring some conclusion or affirmation or some type of mindset in their mind that help them solve problems. Uh, one way of extending upon this is self-talk. It's just basically self-talk, what I refer to as self-talk and visualization, which is stay uh, in situations and consider them. This is why I mentioned earlier, I watch fights on YouTube and on the news to see how they go down and watch how they're happening so that I can start to visualize how I would handle myself in that situation. So the more we visualize ourselves in stressful conditions, the better our minds are going to work in those stressful conditions. And that's going to help us tremendously as we prepare to be able to manage stress and, and be able to maintain our ability to increase our situational awareness. Now, the last one is to, is to, to help manage or mitigate the stress is to stay active and outwardly focused. As soon as you start engaging in some sort of physical activity, whether it's a fight or exercise or whatever, your body starts to stress. Okay, that stress is important in in developing physical health. You've got to work through that stress. You know, lifting and, and lifting weights. This morning I did uh, military presses. Military presses where you lift stuff over your head from standing position, stick your head through, and all that kind of good stuff to help build shoulder strength and what have you. Um, 
when I have to, and I utilized this the other day, lifting kayaks onto my wife's Ford Explorer because that's what we were doing for the day. And in that particular situation, she was gathering stuff up and we needed to get the kayaks up onto the top of the truck. And so I was basically military pressing them up on top of the jeep the truck or what have you okay so in a stressful situation maybe i'm in a fight i can have that military stress or i mean i do those military presses under stress where it sucks i go to failure like uh i give everything i've got and i can't lift anymore so that i can get used to being in that position where uh, i've been there i've done that and i still pushed it up and that way if i come under stress where i need to push something up and over me or off of me or something of that nature whether that's a person or a tree or a boat or whatever it might be, then I'll have the strength and the mental conditioning that I have been there, done that before, and that helps tremendously. And again, outwardly focused. Staying, actively and, staying active and outwardly focused are vital. Just pay attention to what's going on around you. That doesn't mean that there's not a time for introspection and internal development through, again, meditation or prayer, um, devoted readings to whatever it is that you feel like builds you up internally. Um, these are all things that are very important. For example, in the mornings, um, when I'm working out, I listen to, sometimes I listen to music and no doubt about that, but other times I listen to motivational speeches and, and discussions and stuff of that nature, because that's incredibly beneficial to me. I found that to help me be more active and more motivated to get work done when I start my day off listening to some dude saying you're you need to do this and you know I listen to all these different motivational speakers and so that helps me that keeps me outwardly focused for the rest of the day I mean it's just a way that works for me I'm not saying that'll work for you it just it works for me so with that said this has been a part one and a part two on developing your situational awareness uh, again, these are the things that are not, are not the thing. They're the soft skills, if you will. The hard skills always get more presentation. You know, what's the coolest hack that you can do in survival? What's the, what's the best thing that you can do with a soda bottle? Can you make cordage with a soda bottle? Yeah, that's a hard skill and that's okay. But quite frankly, if you have situational awareness and you know how to pack your kit, you won't need that crap anyway. You'll be prepared beforehand. Okay. So with that said, uh, that's why I like to focus a lot of attention on these soft skills of situation awareness and development of self and motivation and stuff of that nature because I'd rather you all not get caught in a survival situation and just live a happily fruitful life rather than get hung up in some sort of survival situation and have to deal with it. I hope that makes sense. So again, this is Craig Cottle. I'm the director of Nature Line School. Hey, look in the description below. Uh, we've got all kinds of opportunities there for you to help support the podcast and what we're doing. Support David and myself. Our YouTube channel links are down there. My book links are down there. Tiny Guide and all the things that goes along with it. Hey, there's all kinds of cool stuff coming with the Tiny Guide. Be looking for that information soon. And any number of things that you can do to help support the podcast. Uh, there's always, as you've heard, there are some promotions that happen in the podcast. Uh, check those out. Listen to them. You know, I, I know Ben records a lot of those, producer Ben. So check out what he's sharing with us because I do too. See what's going on because when we help those people, they help us. And it's a nice circle because that allows us to put out more and varied information for you, the listener. Okay. So with that said, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.